Amen, Lord. May our life run ahead um, and just testify of your glory. Not just our words, but may our life testify of you, Jesus, so that people can indeed taste and see that you are good. Help us to be believers who believe and actually live for your glory. Living by your word and just showing people how good you really are. Jesus' name. Amen. Did Jesus learn things when he was on earth? The, the Son of God. Did he learn stuff? Who says, no, he already, that he didn't learn anything? Who says, yes, he learned something? I'll say he knew everything. Okay, we knew everything already. That's one answer. A couple hands for the he learned. So most of you are abstaining from answering this question. Is that, is that right? Okay. And though he was a son, I'm reading in Hebrews 5, 8, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, what does that mean? Was it perfect? Having been perfected. So he learned and having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Before that, it says that in the days of his flesh, in other words, when he was on earth, he offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who is able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. And then it goes on, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience and having been perfected, became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey. So what does that mean? This is just kind of a little parenthesis before I get to what I just kind of this morning, it just kind of came maybe somebody... Um, you know, we're, we're very interested to get to the destination, right? Whether we're praying for something, whether we know God has promised something, and, and so we go after that, and we, we really want to see the fulfillment, we want to be at the destination. But it's also about the journey. In fact, the journey is just as important as arriving at the destination, it says of Jesus that he learned and having been perfected, he then was in a position to be that uh, author of eternal salvation. What does that mean? It means to be a mediator, to be the only mediator between God and man. Incidentally, uh, in other religions, if they say, oh yeah, this holy guy, he's an intermediator between... No, there's only one. The Bible says... There is one intermediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. There's no other savior. That's why there's no other savior. There's no other one who can uh, bring us into the life of God than Jesus because he was the perfect sacrifice. He gave himself so that our sins could be cleansed and we could enter that relationship with God. So, but it, it, it says that on this journey, you see, God was never a man before, Right? Before Jesus, God became in human form, became a man. That's why it says, this day I have begotten you, the Father says to Jesus. In other words, when, when Jesus was born from God, directly from God, but when he was born in the flesh, he, he, it, it was... He was begotten on that day. There never existed. So the consciousness in, in the form of a man and everything came in that moment. You know, Jesus existed. You know, he is God. He existed with, with God. He, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. He was in the beginning. And so, but as a man, there was a beginning point where he, he stepped into the world scene. And this day I have begotten thee. And so it was a whole new paradigm. God, you know, was used to looking, you know, from his paradigm of, he didn't have the limitations of human flesh, but all of a sudden now, 
He came and he's living in, in human flesh. And he learned what it is like to, um, well, it says he learned obedience. It, it's not always easy <laughs> to do God's, to do the right thing. Jesus came on a mission. God came on a mission to provide salvation for all mankind. But that mission involves getting uncomfortable. It involves laying down his life. He was there to the point he was in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, Father, if it's possible, uh, could we come up with some other way <laughs> to do this? I, I, he, he knew what crucifixion meant, and he knew the prophecies that that's what was going to happen to him. He knew, I mean, he was talking to his disciples. He said, I'm going to go, and they're going to kill me, and but then I'm going to rise again. But, but before the rising again, that journey of going through that was a lot of, of pain and suffering and, and all of that. So he didn't, in the, in the natural, I mean, he didn't want to do that. But he did, because that was the only way that forgiveness of sins, and, and he, he had to be that sacrifice, otherwise we would be eternally lost. Okay, but the thing is that he experienced life as a man, as a human. And then it, so the scripture tells us, so now we have a high priest who, who understands our weaknesses, who understands what it's like to live life in the human form. He understands what it's like to have, to walk with the Spirit of God, yet be encased in human flesh, and the constant journey of faith that is required to live by the Spirit with no limitations, yet you are in human flesh, and so you've got to think like God would think and not like the human flesh is screaming out to you to think. So he knows what that's like. He came and he learned what that is like. And now he knows, and thankfully he did it successfully, and he pioneered the way. He says, that's why he said, I'm the way. The way of what? Well, the way to God, the path to God. But he showed us the way to live life with God. If we accept him, his spirit comes in and he showed us the way we can live life as a son of God. And so, but the point is the journey was just as important. In fact, it, it made him to be that perfect lamb of God because he lived the life that he did and he was then ready to be the author of eternal salvation. So whatever journey, whatever goal you would like to reach you know with god you know the promises of god are there and, and everything but it may seem like man this is when do i get there you know when do, when do i see that that manifestation when do i get to partake of what god has promised well don't be um we need to be careful to at every moment Walk with God to the degree that we count it all joy when we have various trials. Now, it's almost like, yeah, I've heard that one before, but it's like, it's easy to say, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith works patience and let patience have its perfect result. Basically, our character, our nature, our faith is being... Um, used there, but if we continue to look to Jesus, we can get to the point where we consider it joy. Why? Because we understand that those trials are an opportunity to show God how much we love him, that we choose to look to him and his word, his promise, more than that situation that is maybe smacking our face a little bit in this world. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have difficulties and tribulations, right? But don't worry. He said, I've overcome the world. So, but in this world, he knows what it's like. He learned obedience through the things which he suffered. He, he, in other words, he suffered a few things and he learned what it's like to obey, even though your flesh is suffering to do those things. So he knows what it's like to just, you know, swallow the human pride and just do, go out on that limb and that limb of the tree and saw it off. Crazy. That's what Jesus did. He went out on that limb to follow God, even walked on the water. Same thing. Saw off a, a tree, tree limb that you're on. It's like walking on the water. It's, it's, it's not humanly possible. But with God, all things are possible to the one who believes. So 
let us enjoy the journey, and this is the way you enjoy the journey, by making Jesus, by making God the focus and not your destination, not the, not the goal that you're, you're trying to get at. God needs to be the goal. The relationship, faith and love toward God and, and, and um, honoring Him in that way, He needs to be our goal. And when He Himself becomes our goal, we can enjoy the journey because we're with Him all the time. You see, when we walk with God, it's not about all the things or even anything else. It's when we walk with God, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we focus on the Lord and when our heart's desire is the Lord and when He is enough, even though everything else may be crazy, every, everything else might not be working, everything else, whatever, but when we have Jesus and our heart is set on Him so that He truly is enough, then His joy begins to bubble forth. And, and joy, as I've mentioned before sometimes, it, it's different than let's say, happiness. It, it, it's, it's not always separate, but what I'm saying is that joy comes from deep within. You can have be happy in certain situations and unhappy in other situations, but the joy of the Lord is something deeper that comes from the wellspring of the Spirit because we are united to Him and because we have fellowship with Him. And so let's learn to make Jesus our focus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and then we begin to experience the joy of the Lord because we'll be at peace. And that is the way, that is the only way to have peace. Peace does not come from a situation which is perfect just like you would like it to be. Peace, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Well, Jesus had the peace that brought calm to the storm. He didn't get peace after the storm was calmed. But humanly speaking, that's how many of us think sometimes. We think, okay, oh, that needs to change, and Jesus, and we don't have peace, and we're trying to make a change, but it's never going to work. From within, by the Spirit of, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Every healing, every miracle, every Good and perfect gift comes from God, not human effort. So to tap in and partake of our inheritance in Christ, we need to, um, we need to make the decision to enter into that place where He is enough, He is our focus, so that His joy will sustain us through any journey, on any journey, no matter how difficult it may be in this world. You have tribulations, you have people persecuting you, you have Jesus promised, if you live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12. Now that's never very exciting, right? I don't think Paul was, the Apostle Paul was thinking, wow, I love, this is so exciting. Yeah, throw another stone on me. Boom. You know, I don't think he was like, you know, enjoying himself. In fact, to the degree he prayed, he said, God, if it's possible, take this thorn from me, this thorn of persecution. People, everywhere he goes, they're stoning him. They want to kill him. They want to, I mean, he, you know, his resume there, it says, so many times I was stoned and left for dead. This many times I was shipwrecked. This many times. How exciting is that? <laughs> to the flesh. So he, so he prayed, God, please, take this from me. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. There are some things you have to go through in this world amongst ungodly people who have decided to live the evil life, but I am enough. And that's what Paul was learning in that situation, that Jesus, his grace... His presence, because Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So it's not that Jesus wasn't there. It's that he was with him through those things. And so we need to live from that place where the presence of God, we, we know that he is enough. And no matter what else happens, 
We're going to enjoy the journey because God is with us. And then we enter into his works, we stop the human efforts, and thus the, God's peace and joy comes, and from his peace and by his spirit, things will change. As you minister, as you take a step of faith, as you walk towards that destination and that, um, that place that God has promised for you, but to get there, it's by God's spirit not by human efforts. So we need to enter into his. So let's enjoy the journey. And it prepares our character actually to rule and reign with Christ. If we didn't have difficulties, if we didn't have in this world, I mean, why did God set up this world like this? You know, you know, why couldn't it just be, well, it's not that God did set up the world like this. He created it as a paradise in perfection, right? The Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. It was perfect until sin came into the world, until Mankind started to think that they know better than God. God says this, but I, I, I think actually I don't need to follow God. I'll come up with my own way. So sin, death, destruction came into the world. And all the bad stuff happening is because of that sin, death in the world and all of these things. But God wants to bring us back to that Garden of Eden experience through the storm, we can have peace with God. But our character and our nature, we're becoming more like Him as we exercise our faith and as we um, live by His word and not look to the storm to phase us. So it's not a matter of, no, the storm's not there, the storm's not there, and we try to convince it. No, it is there. <laughs> you know, in this world you have tribulations, but be of good cheer. Have the joy of the Lord, Jesus was saying, through looking unto him, and thus we'll have his peace to bring peace uh, to that storm. <clears throat> okay, so that was just a little uh, thing this morning just came, so maybe help somebody. Um, as many of you know who were there on Thursday, um, this will be our last meeting here. Okay, so the reason for that, for those who, who don't know, is because the Lord is reminding us of some prophetic words and what he's put in our heart as well for the ministry already, that um, we are to be focused as a training ministry. What that means is that um, the message of Christ in you, this dominion, the authority, this living in the fullness of Christ and this needs to be understood by the body of Christ at large, right? And unfortunately, it's not at that point yet where most believers do understand the unlimited access we have in Christ. And so uh, the Lord is leading us to, to really um, run with that vision to be more focused as, on a ministering as a training ministry, meaning... Uh, we'll be doing trainings and things for other ministries, other churches. And, and, um, and to do that, we'll need to focus, uh, take away the focus of, you know, just trying to, um, let's say, the church venue aspect. We will still be a fellowship and we'll meet in, in our home and, and things like that. But it, it will be easier that way for other ministries and other um, to to not feel threatened, let's say, and to be able to go maybe train their leaders and, and things so that they can turn around and train their people or just directly train their congregation, whatever the case may be. But making ourselves available to the body of Christ at large. So we are going to, this is the last Sunday here, and, if you, um, and what we're going to start off doing is next Sunday we'll also meet in the morning. That's another good thing. Uh, we won't have to meet in the middle of the day like this at 2.30. So we'll be meeting at 9.30 in the morning. And if you want to be part of that, just let us know and we'll tell you where and, and everything. Um, but the, we're going to start it off by really going through the fundamental, important teachings in a condensed format. Um, you know, if we're talking about the authority and power of Christ, we're talking about divine healing is included in there and the fullness of Christ and this new creation that we are. We're just going to go through systematically and in a very um, 
rapid pace with these fundamentals to make sure that we all got it. You, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that we've all got those and we'll be able to turn around and any one of us will be able to share and to teach and to impart it, this understanding to others. Because the foundation of, uh, of all of this is the Word of God, right? The Bible. We need to understand scripturally uh, faith comes from hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So we want to make sure that we all are on the same page and understand these fundamental scriptural truths that, and the ramifications of them so that we can really uh, teach and train the rest of the body of Christ, you know? And, um, and so that's what we're going to start off uh, with on Sundays. We're going to be going through and, and doing that. And I'm looking forward also, I, honestly, I like that interactive aspect, the, the kind of real sort of connection and communication we can have in that kind of setting. Because, you know, it's not, a, it's not about becoming a, a professional, um, uh, what to say, you know, it's, it's about each one of us. It's not about any person becoming a professional public speaker. It's about each one of us living the life, okay? It's about each one of us fully grasping all that God has for us to the degree that we're able to teach others in the same thing and demonstrate that life of the Spirit, okay? So we're not just talking about making sure we all have the correct information. Yes, that's part of it. We need to, we need to have the correct uh, information, but that information, biblical information, the purpose of it is to transform our lives and the way we live so that the Spirit in His power and the dominion of Christ and the love of Christ and the nature of Christ comes through and changes people's lives. Okay, so that's really um, where we're going. And especially with the... Um, uh, where the Lord is going to take us eventually when we do have our own place and all of that, it will continue to be a, a training-focused thing, open to... Any church, any any anybody, any believer who just wants to to get equipped, and many will take that, and many will come from different churches, you know, uh, to to maybe partake of that training and then take it back to their to their uh, if they have another church, and 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 that's fine too, you know. We're, it's the body working together, and so that is uh, what we're going to be doing. We will always be a fellowship for for those who feel part of of this church fellowship in the real sense, you know, in the sense of where two or three are gathered, there I am. Um, but we will, we will be focusing on really training and equipping the body of Christ and reaching out and still bringing transformation to communities and, and just providing a, a way for others to really experience the reality of all of this, you know, that it's not just words. We'll take them into communities, bring transformation. We'll lay hands on the sick and see them healed. And, and so hopefully everybody will be doing this in their own lives, but we will continue to focus on communities and just do projects that will bring transformation. So that's where we're going, and that's why this will be the last uh, meeting here on this Sunday. Um, one important thing I just want to bring out too is we can have, you know, there are people who go from seminar to seminar to... <laughs> and they think they need another one. Well, um, reminds me of a, of a story. I've probably said it before, but... Um, there was this pastor got up in front of the congregation on Sunday and gave a wonderful teaching sermon. And everybody was like, wow, yeah, great, you know. And so next Sunday, he got up. People were like, okay, what's he going to And he shared the same teaching, the same sermon, the exact same thing. And people were like, okay, what's going on here? The third Sunday, he got up and he said the exact same thing again. And by now, people are starting to say, okay, what's, uh, I think uh, we need to do something I don't know if he did it a fourth time. I can't remember. Anyway, so somebody went to him and said, Yo, Pastor, what's going on? <laughs> what, what is this? And he said, Well, when you start living that one, then we'll go on to something else. You know, so <laughs> there is something to be said to being a doer 
There's not just something to be said. There is a lot. It's, it's the nitty-gritty that we, we can't just be hearers of the Word. We need to live the Word. We need to live the life. Jesus was an embodiment of the Word of the words of His Father, and that's why He's called the Word, the word of God. That's why Jesus has that name, the Word of God, because He lived he embodied the word. He read the word when he would understand. He would live it. He would walk by faith and not by sight. He would not let the human confined limitations, even though he was a man. But he never forgot he was filled with the spirit of his father, which superseded human limitations in order to help, heal, deliver, and transform. We need to never forget who we are and what it means that the spirit of God lives in us. And so... Um, we need to allow the biblical truth to project us into a biblical life <laughs> that we live. Um, and, you know, when Jesus said to the woman at the well, the time will come when people will worship the Father in spirit and truth. That is how God desires to be worshipped, in spirit and truth. And so, what... How, how do you worship? What, what actually is worship, if you think about it? Worship means you, we are yielding our heart. We have an obedient heart towards God. That, that must be part of our worship. We cannot truly worship in spirit and truth unless we allow God's truth to bring us to that place where we yield our heart to him and we say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. I will walk in your footsteps. I will do the things you're asking me to do. That is true worship, where we know the truth and we're living it by the Spirit. So to worship God in spirit and truth, it includes that giving of our heart to the Lord, yielding it to him, to the degree that we're actually walking and living life with him. Okay, so, you know, running from one seminar, getting some truth there and some truth there, some truth there, you know, what really matters is how much truth have we assimilated? How much truth are we living? How much truth have we decided to step out by faith and live? Look, it doesn't matter where you're at right now where each, any, you know, we can be there, 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 whatever. What matters is where is the focus and position of your heart? If the focus and position of our heart is to worship God in spirit and truth, where, we will, where we're yielding our heart to Him and we want to make forward progress with Him, then we will make forward progress and we will get to that destination where Christ has us to be. You know, some are sprinting, some are going slowly, but, you know, we're either going forward or backward. <laughs> there is no other way to go, you know. You don't see many people walking like this, sideways. And Anyway, so just let's make sure the direction of our heart is... Because where you're looking to, that's the way you're going to go. You don't walk down the road um, like... I can't even... Trying to even make myself do it is difficult. You know, you don't walk down the road like this. You're going to bang into stuff. You're going to trip. You're going to fall. You're not going to see that pothole in front of you, and you're going to disappear, especially on some of these roads. So, you know, to avoid that, we have to, you have to look in the right place. The focus, where you're looking, the focus of our heart needs to be in the right place so if God is our focus, we're going to follow him. We're going to walk the path that he has for us. Um, so let's make sure we, we're worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth by having a yielded heart ready and we're following through by doing his will. That is so necessary. And then if we do that, we'll find that Jesus and a Bible, that's, that's pretty much all we need. That's a good combination. You know, when we live it, and we get in his presence and we will find a strength. Okay. Um, so the key is really abiding. Jesus, you know, like a, 
You ever seen those lamps where um, nowadays you've got solar lamps, you've got all this stuff, but you know, where you've got the oil, the, the, yeah, the wick in the, in the oil, right? We've got a couple of those at our house, and um, I'm not sure why, but we do. And uh, anyway, you light the fire, and if, if that wick is cranked up so, so it's the wick burning, it's, it smokes, it, it, um, it's not meant to be operated like that, and it'll run out, it'll burn out very quickly. That wick, what, how it functions is that it's soaking in the oil. It's dipped down in the oil, and the oil is like saturated that wick so that when the flame touches there and it's burning, it's actually the oil that's burning. Not so much the wick, but it's the oil. So the oil of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is within us, it's Him who does the works. It's Him who will burn the fire of God so people can see the healing, the deliverance, all of that. We just, all of the teachings and everything is to eradicate the blockages that hinder the human way of thinking from allowing the Spirit of God to burn and live through us. Okay, so it is not a work of the flesh. It, it, it is God who will do it, but we just need to learn to be saturated with Him, focused on Him, loving Him, fellowshipping with Him in prayer and, and just the direction of our heart and life so that His Word is not something we need to, like, force ourselves or decide in a, on a case-by-case -case basis whether or not we're going to do it, but where we're just soaking in Him and, and we've already yielded our heart to the Lord. It's part of worshiping in Him in spirit and in truth. And so now, and, and we've made the decision we're going to live His Word, so that now the Holy Spirit is able, that flame of God is able to ignite and burn brightly so that people can see Jesus. And so Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, meaning it's not difficult to follow Jesus. It's not, he doesn't ask us things and then it's like, uh, because it's his spirit in us who carries us. It's his, the oil of his spirit which actually will do all the heavy lifting. And we get to, yeah, the flesh may not enjoy what it, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. Any trial, any storm we encounter, we bring peace because we're, we're embodying his peace. It's the peace of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord that we have in him. So we need to make sure that it's, we're not just stuffing information in our head, although there, there will be a lot of biblical information, but it's meant to transform us. It's meant to be assimilated. Uh, it says in scripture, I found your word and I ate it. So that, that's, that's the picture of God's word. We need to find it and chew it. That means you break it into small pieces. Say, whoa, the word of God, how am I ever going to... Okay, chew it, break it into small pieces. Step one. Step two. What do I need to do in this moment? Don't worry about step number 873. You're at step number six. Okay? You don't have faith for step number 873 because you're not at step 873. You're at step number six, for example. So know that God is with us. Every day, God is with us. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And it's about walking with him each step of the way. And we learn and we grow up into him in all things as we go forward, <laughs> as we take each step of faith. Okay, so just wanted to say, let us make sure that foundation of our heart is laid. Let us make sure we have good soil, right? The parable of the sower, sowing the seeds in the ground. The seed is good. The, the truth, the word of God is always good. There is potential in there to bring life if believed and acted upon and lived. So, but what, what determines whether it is going to burst forth in life is whether it goes into good soil or not. So we need to ask ourselves the condition of, what is the condition of my heart? Do I have good soil so that the word of God can spring forth and grow? And 
It starts off as the smallest thing, but it grows up into a tree that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches, right? People are helped, healed. We're living like Jesus, okay? That's God's intention for us. So let's make sure the, the soil of our heart is in the right place. And it starts in our families, in our neighborhoods, with the people we um, are in contact with all the time. It's interesting, in Mark 5.19, Jesus set this um, demon-possessed man free. Legion, the guy with legion and all these demons, and he was in chains. He would break the chains. He would run around without clothes on. Nobody knew what to do with this guy. You know, but then Jesus showed on the scene and did what? Set him free. He just spoke to that thing. And, um, okay, so he, Jesus brought freedom. And then Jesus told him, okay, go home to your friends in Mark five nineteen, and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. It starts at home. It starts right there where we are. You know, you don't need to cross the ocean to be a missionary or something like we. It starts, where are you today? That's where it starts. It starts in our families. It starts with our children, with our husbands, with our wife. It starts in living the word right where we are. Because if we can't do it there, then we're missing an important um, aspect of what... Because it, it shouldn't be an on-again, off-again thing, you know, where we can be a super-Christian over there, <laughs> but not when we're here. You know what I'm saying? Not, I can be a super-Christian with those people, but not with these people. What? You know, it, it needs to be who we are. We need to be comfortable with whom God has made us to be as a son of God. If we're not comfortable being a son of God with anybody then there's always going to be scenarios where God's life can't come through and he'd like to. So let's just get comfortable right where we are and just live the life wherever we are. It's not about just getting to on a Sunday or on a Thursday, on a Monday, on a whatever day, Saturday. It's about with being with God every day and choosing to live the life that God has for us. John 15, I was talking about, so basically, it's Jesus has put us into that relationship, that position with him. And now, we need to abide. I'm going to John 15 in paper. Hey. All right. Can't see it. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, okay, so we're like those branches. We're in Christ. We're connected to the vine. We're not a separate entity. We are the body of Christ, right? We're connected. We're a branch in the vine. Every branch in me that does, that does not produce fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. See, the dead branches on a tree, they detract from, I believe, I, you know, I'm not actually an authoritative on gardening, but maybe Danelle knows. <laughs> if you have a dead branch on a, on a tree, is it still kind of, let's, um, taking up a bit of uh, nourishment from the tree or not? It is, okay, so there we go. So, so for the health of the body, if, if, if a branch is not bearing fruit, it's not really uh, the life-giving the life sap of the vine is not running through its veins. It's not really part, it's not meant to be there, so it's pruned off. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, <clears throat> he prunes, that it may bear even more fruit. Jesus learned obedience to the things which he suffered. It's kind of like pruning sometimes. You feel a little snip there, a little snip there. You know, <clears throat> if you love your children, you're not going to give them something which is beyond their capability to use safely. Okay, if you go and get a big old motorbike, 
that's too tall <laughs> for your son. But, oh, it's so fun, you ride it, but, but it's, he can't even get his feet on the ground. That's not love. He's going to kill himself on that thing. You know what I'm saying? Will you grow when our character and nature, we grow in different ways. And so there are some things that God is on our side. And as such, we see certain blessings we see, but it's like we need to make sure that we're walking with God, growing so that God can unlock those for us. You know, certain, certain, God would love to put us in a position of, Okay, just think of all kinds of scenarios. In this world, we, we are kings, we are priests, right? In the spirit. And God is teaching us to live that way. But there is character and nature that goes along with that. There is trust in God. If, if God were to just dump... Uh, not dump. If God were to... Trying to come up with some examples here. Just bless you with wealth beyond measure. Right now, boom. Everybody, everybody who asks for it, oh, sure. Not that God, does, God wants us to have, but for some, it may, they may lose faith in God, they just get so caught up in it, and it's just like, poof. In fact, in the Proverbs, in the end there, his prayer is that um, uh, one of these wise men, I forget his name, but and he, he prayed, he said, don't give me too little, <laughs> but don't give me too much either, lest I feel I don't need you and go another way. So, look, does God want to bless and pour it out? Yeah, but how much can we handle? You know, is it going to go to... Uh, and so what I'm just saying is I'm not just focusing on, on material wealth. Or it, it, it applies to any, anything that... God would love to us to experience every part of our inheritance right now. But let's just make sure that our heart is in the right place so that we will partake of these things, we will utilize them, enjoy them, and utilize them for the kingdom. But at the same time, He's always going to be our first love. Our focus will never go from Him. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I know how to abound, and I know how to be abased. I know how to suffer want, and I know how to just, you know, um, be on the opposite side. And it doesn't matter either way, you know. Um, in the light of knowing God and putting Him first. And when we do that, man, then we're in a position where God can, you know, just unlock everything that He has for us in life and all of that because He knows we're ready, you know, we're ready because he is number one and so everything's going to be in the proper perspective and, and all of that. So, let me get into that. Okay, um, John 15, verse 2, that's where we're at. So, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You know, you can't snap a branch off the vine. You know, maybe that vine is bearing fruit, right? Oh, grapes, delicious, wonderful. Let me take it home. Snap off that vine and put it in your kitchen. Well, what's going to happen? You know, you may be able to eat those grapes that are on there, but uh, it's not going to produce anymore. Why? It's separate from the vine. It needs to abide in the vine. You know, just because it was fruitful then, okay, cool, it's always going to be fruitful. Snap it off, bring it home. No, it's not. It needs to stay in the vine. We need to abide in Christ. Not just have an awesome time once and, yay, I've arrived. Now I'm a super Christian, so now I can do it. I can just focus on other things and I'll keep producing fruit. No, abide in me, Jesus said. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, give us this. It's, it's about... Remember in the wilderness, the, uh, the manna, God sent you know, manna from heaven, bread from heaven. But he said, don't hoard it. Don't, don't, because you, you, you try to pile it up. No, 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 don't. He, he was trying to teach them to trust God from that time, every day. Walking with God is an everyday decision. Walking with God is an everyday re 
committing and focusing ourselves to the Lord. It's, we don't go by yesterday. We go by the fresh bread of today that God wants to give us. To receive his fresh bread, we need to have a fresh relationship. We need to be <clears throat> walking with him fresh every day. So, abide in me, and I in you. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So you see there is a dynamic. We abide in him and he abides in us. And Jesus said in later chapters here in John, he said, you know, if, you, if, we, if we're doing his will, we're living, we're abiding in him, we're doing his will, God gets so flipped out over, over that that he just comes and he makes his abode with us, right? His home with us, he says. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they hang out with us. And it's just like a really nice celebration life that we live with him when we're doing his will. And so um, that is what we want. We want to abide in him and then Jesus actively is involved in our life because we are walking by faith. So he responds to faith and he responds to love and he loved us first. So we love him and then we reciprocate. So he reciprocates back and it's like this dynamic going on of relationship. And then that dynamic is abiding. It is loving him and he's loving us and doing his will and he shares something with us and we share something with him and it is a vibrant relationship going on. It is a blood circulating through the body. It's the sap going through the vine which the branches are part of the vine so then it goes through the branches and we, pro and we produce fruit. In fact, Jesus said, you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Okay, so Jesus did not call anybody to be an unfruitful branch. <laughs> okay, we're all called to produce fruit. What fruit? The fruit of the Spirit. It's the Spirit's doing. It is not by might nor by power. It's His Spirit. Love, peace, joy, the fruit of the Spirit, God's character and nature, the works of Christ, the works of God, all of that is part of the works that he has for us. Okay. If you abide in me. Sorry, I skipped one here. Um, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. W withers and they gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it will be done for you. Why? Because we're walking with God. We're going to be seeking His glory. We're going to be saturated. We're, our wick, uh, the wick of our life is going to be soaked in the oil. So all it needs is the fire of God's direction, and, and we're burning for Him. It's Christ in us. Verse 8, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So what is the proof of discipleship? The fruit we are producing. The fruit that shows we're abiding in the vine. The fruit of our life lived that is, is making the word made flesh, manifest. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So God gives us his love, but we need to abide in it. A love relationship is not a love relationship unless the two are loving each other actively. You know what I'm saying? It's like it is an ongoing experience with God. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So the reason Jesus is saying, he's saying these things, is so that his joy may remain in you. Joy which supersedes circumstances. It doesn't matter what's going on. The joy of the Lord is our strength that comes from relationship. Through the storm, we can have the joy of the Lord. Through the trials, we can have the joy of the Lord. Faith, hope, and love. These three, the greatest is love. We can experience his joy 
as we live for him. And that's the only way to have his joy. You know, as long as we think we'll find it in another thing, we won't. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. So this joy of the Lord abiding in him will cause us to, to love one another, to reach out, to do what needs to be done, to, to help, to heal. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. I don't call you a servant anymore, but friends. Verse 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. These things I command you that you love one another. So it's about abiding. We're a new creation. God created us as a new creation. We're seated with him in heavenly places, but we need to abide now. Focus on his work and, and, and live it out. What is your name? Just going to close off with this. We've spoken about this before, how it says that in Revelation 2, verse 17, it talks about uh, Jesus, who's saying, To him who overcomes, I will give some hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. First of all, it says, I will give some of the hidden manna. Okay, manna was out there for all the children of Israel. They gathered it up, they ate, and... Um, but this hidden manna, it's, you know, it's not... Jesus, in Matthew 25, um, said that there will be people who say... No, Jesus says, you, I was um, in prison, you visited me, I was uh, in the hospital, you visited me, I was... And they said, when, Lord? When, when did we see you? You know, and they say, any time you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Okay, so the hidden manna, it's, it's, it's not the obvious. Um, it's doing all things as unto the Lord. We treat each other, you treat those you meet as you would treat Jesus. And that hidden manna, that heart of love unlocks this hidden manna. Okay. I'm not going to get into that one. But the new white stone with a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. So if we overcome, overcome what? Overcome the, the, the human aspects that tries to stop us from living as a son of God, that tries to get us to doubt and disbelieve God's words. So we don't step out by faith. We don't live for Jesus. So if we overcome and we live for Jesus, okay, God has a new name that is going to be your name for eternity. So what is your name? Jesus' name, Revelation 19.6, it says he has on a robe and on his thigh a, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Right? Jesus has that. That's who he is. In Romans 16, basically how we live life will determine the name we will have for eternity. For example, in Romans 16, you have the Apostle Paul here. And Paul is writing and he's saying, <clears throat> um, he's talking about different people. He says, I commend you to Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church, <clears throat> that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their own necks for my life to whom I give thanks and all the churches give thanks. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Oh, church in the house, you know. So the church is the people, right? It's not the building. It is the people who gather around Jesus wherever they are. That's the church. Greet my beloved, don't know how to pronounce his name, Epinetus, who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles. Okay, here we get to them. Verse 8, greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ. And Stachus, my beloved. Greet Apelles, approved in Christ. 
Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who have labored in the Lord. Greet beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. Each one, he, even Paul there, he was like, each person was associated with how they lived, what they did, you know, what, and because that's the fruit. The fruit of our life bears witness to what, who we are, right? If we're abiding in the vine, our, the fruit will show, but we'll each shine with the uniqueness and the callings that God has for each one of us. Whatever part of the body we are, we're all part of his body, so the fruit of the Spirit will be there. But there will also be unique things that each one of us will be known for when people think of you and when God thinks of you. And that's, that's the part I want to just implant to remember here, is that you will have a name. Okay, you have a name now. But your name, your, you know, Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, you will be known by God and, and others according to the fruit which, di- which reveals who you are. And so let us make sure <laughs> that we are abiding in the vine so that that, un- that fruit, that unique fruit, that will be manifest that exactly that God has for us because this is our one shot to live this life. Um, life on this earth, it doesn't get a redo. It's not like a video game. You play a video game and oh, boom, I die. That didn't work out. Let me try again. <laughs> it's not like that. We get one shot at this life. And how we live, what we do has such importance for all of eternity. So let us make sure that we are living for the glory of God so that that name we carry that is unique to us will be something that we we desire to carry for all of eternity. Let's close with this verse. Jesus said, I came to send fire on the earth. How I wish it was already kindled. That fire, our God is a consuming fire. The scripture tells us we need to be soaked in the oil so that his fire can burn brightly and powerfully. Let us live that life that God has for us. Let us make sure we're abiding in him and going forward for his glory. Jesus, we thank you for you. And, of course, every, everything that you have brought to us, but... We thank you most of all for you, that you've made yourself available to us, that we can experience this relationship of love with you and that we can carry your name forth and represent you in your kingdom as we enjoy you, as we live life with you, and as we just carry the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Thank you for being with us. And thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, yes, remember, we're not here next Sunday. Here. <laughs> we're somewhere else. So if you don't know where we are and you'd like to know, come and, and, and speak to us. Um, and we'll meet at 9.30 in the morning. And we're going to begin methodically and succinctly going through a lot of these principles which we need to understand to make sure that we're able to, to live, embody, and transmit to others to live the powerful and loving nature of Christ, which will also just miraculously transform wherever you are. <laughs> okay, so God bless you. We love you. And can I have a cup of coffee? Okay. If you need prayer or something, be happy to do so. Okay. Your Bible and yourselves. Maybe something, huh? A notebook. If you don't take notes in digitally, you'll, you'll need a notebook. Yeah. <laughs> okay. God bless. Hi, my name is Paul Warren Gray with Life Mission.
If you'd like more audio and video teachings like this one, please visit our website at www.lifemission.org.za. That's www.lifemission.org.za. And if you are in the Johannesburg area in South Africa, we hope you'll drop in so we can meet you in person. Details are on the website. <laughs>